Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Ion Icon. I am your co-host Fezbox and with me we have Iconographer. How are you been? Another week, Iconographer. Another week, another week closer to launch of uh, Balanced on OMM and all the other uh, products we're excited about. So, um, you know, it's we're in, we're in March now and so things should really start heating up pretty soon here. Oh yes, in fact I, I woke up to a bit of green this morning, so that, that was good to see after a stressful weekend of come on markets, turn around. <laughs> yeah, and well, it's, you know, it's ex- as exciting as the last couple of weeks were in terms of the price action, uh, you know, there were a few days where I'd go to bed and wake up and the price would be exact same and I think my, uh, my portfolio tracking app was broken or frozen <laughs> or something like that, so the only... Sometimes the only thing worse than uh, the money when the price going down is the price doing nothing in terms of uh, the excitement factor. But uh, yeah, I'll certainly take a little bit of green over a little bit of red any day. That's for sure. Definitely. Look, we we have a real treat today. Uh, we had we have Scott joining us, and you're going to see that we'll cover the news, and then um, we're going to have an interview with Scott where we talk all about balance. We we throw in a few sneaky questions here and there, and we get some. Um, previews of things to come and we also get a bit of a breakdown about BTP which which was excellent and uh, and I think there's a lot of um, uh, desire in the community to hear about how it will work essentially and, and Scott uh, gave us a live example but also hinted at how beneficial it will be to to uh, Icon and ICX so uh, really excited to to get everyone to get to the interview but before we get there as usual let's run through the news and um, on that note as well as you know this uh, this podcast is powered by Icon Plus and um, we we just love bringing the news to everyone so let's let's jump in um First thing we had on the list was Icon Bet releases another game, which is called War. It's the ninth game on the platform. They are just, it's been on a roll. Every second week now there's a new game coming out, which is fantastic. its It seems even just from launching, there's a decent amount of volume and it's a very easy game to just um, understand and play. Uh, have you have you had a go at it, Iconographer? Not yet, but you know, War is one of those games where, you know, I remember in... in elementary school and middle school where you know you don't really know many card games but everyone knows how to play war so it's certainly uh certainly very accessible um and yeah as we talked about i hopefully i kind of write in that it is the ninth game um but also you know i I saw in the telegram chat they said there's about five to six more in the pipeline um that they're you know that they're moving toward and obviously the two biggest are the uh poker as well as the sports book uh and those two also should be you know add those to the list of potentially launching in March or at least, uh, you know, getting, ideally we get a good taste of what they're going to look like in March. Um, I don't think they've set exact release dates yet, but those seem to be pretty close to launching. Yep. No, it's great. Can't wait for poker. I know there's uh, a lot of people can't wait for it. Exciting times with Icon Bet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next piece of news is uh, Marcus from the Icon HyperConnect team. Uh, he's been involved in Icon probably you know as long as the project's been around. Basically, um, he he left for a little bit to work on some other stuff, but uh, obviously came back, uh, and everyone was really excited about that. But he conducted a interview with a publication called Crowdfund Insider. Uh, all about Icon. Um, I would encourage you to read the whole thing, but I'm gonna. There's one quote here that really stood out, and I think got a lot of people excited. Um, so he said, "You know, let's start with Icon 2.0. In layman's terms, it's a complete redesign/slash upgrade of Icon's core blockchain engine, rewritten in the Go programming language. 
This overhaul of the core software architecture results in a much faster, more secure, and efficient ICON network with several additional features, including interoperability between different blockchain networks such as Ethereum, additional decentralization, and friendlier developer environments. In short, it's a complete upgrade slash rehaul of the network that brings radical speed, security, usability, and scalability. Some of IconLoop's enterprise clients, such as the Seoul government, are preparing to use it, and Icon 2.0 plans to launch in 2021, July, July 2021. So, you know, obviously some of that we already knew, you know, it's it's really cutting edge technology as far as blockchain is concerned. Uh, but I think more importantly is the, you know, the express, uh, you know, explicit uh, expression that, uh, you know, the Seoul, the Seoul government will prepare to use uh, Icon 2.0 and whatever implementations they are officially going to move forward with. So, you know, still a little bit vague in terms of exactly what that means, but just hearing direct confirmation from a pretty good source that the government would be using the new uh, iteration of ICON is certainly some exciting news, uh, as well as kind of a, 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 I don't know if we had a specific month before, uh, but hearing July, you know, it, it certainly narrows things down. We had been hearing kind of mid-year previously, so to hear a specific month is certainly encouraging as well. So as I said, be sure to read the entire interview and uh, we'll link to that in the show notes so it's easier for you to find it. I did read that article. It was a great read. Uh, you know, you actually wanted to get through the ne- to the next question to find out a bit more information. So, highly recommend um, looking through it. We'll have it in the show notes. Um, next bit of news: Bit BitHub is is offering um, staking for Icon holders. So now that's another exchange, um, a big exchange uh, that is offering that feature. It it's a huge exchange in South Korea, and um, it has a 24-hour trading volume of around 1.5 billion. So, uh, again, you know, with this stuff, the more more exchanges, the more anyone that jumps on board the Icon ecosystem, just just as a representation of that, this is an excellent product that and chain that we have here. So, it's great to see, um, and it's also you know that direct push you that we've been asking for, reaching out, getting the foundation you know co-marketing etc this is happening these are these are all the things that actually shows that um there has been work happening in the background they don't just happen next day you know community goes oh why isn't there marketing two days later something comes out it doesn't work that way they have been actively working and this this is all happening um thanks to the hard work that's happened in the background so yeah that was a great bit of news any any thoughts on that iconographer yeah, BitHum is, you know, I think it might be, I don't say the exchange for South Korea, but certainly one of the, the primary gateways for, uh, you know, Korean residents to get direct access to crypto. So being able to, you know, incentivize them to, to buy and hold ICON due to the staking rewards, uh, those who already aren't in the ecosystem, certainly a great little uh, additional marketing there. So, um, you know, certainly, certainly encouraging. And as, as alluded to, you know, one point it's in the last 24 hours, it did 1.5 billion. Um, I don't know what the average is over time, but that's certainly no small number. And that's according to CoinGecko and they have pretty accurate uh, volume numbers. So it's, I think that's a pretty reliable figure. Uh, Next piece is uh, just as an FYI kind of Sesame Seed is no longer being distributed daily. Um, You know, we've covered Sesame Seed a good amount in the past before on this podcast. I've also written a good amount on it. So if you're not familiar with it, uh, we'll put something in the show notes to get you uh, acclimated with it. But basically, for those who stake to Sesame Seed and receive uh, seed rewards, as of now, they've been uh, being distributed on a daily basis. Um, But, you know, Sesame Seed continues to grow and grow and to add more and more chains. 
And at a certain point, doing the daily distribution across multiple chains has gotten really, really cumbersome and complicated and it's kind of created some ancillary issues within the project. So what they're deciding to do is in order to better scale the project and so it can grow more over the long term, instead of doing daily uh, distribution, they're going to do it on a less frequent basis. Uh, I don't think they specified exactly how often that would be, but it's not really a big deal from my perspective because the amount of rewards you're getting is still the same. So maybe then rather, you know, rather than getting, say, hypothetically, 10 seed every day, uh, maybe every week you get 70. So you're still going to get as much as you would have otherwise, but if you don't see it happen, if you don't see it pop up in your wallet uh, on a regular basis like you had been, uh, that's just why. But I think, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's a step in the right direction because they recognize that in order to further grow the platform, this is kind of an issue they'll have to resolve. And they haven't ruled out, as far as I can tell, you know, coming back to daily distribution in the future, uh, but for the time being, it's a, it's a way to make the way to make the project a bit more sustainable uh, over the long term and be able to scale a bit more as well yeah look if they can automate this if 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 stopping the daily distribution it still doesn't impact anything you're still getting everything you get from seed on whenever it gets distributed but at the same time if they can work on automating a lot of this uh, in the back end that's the time they're saving um heck it's a win-win do it yeah i don't need to see seed every day in my wallet it's not like and i guarantee it's not like everyone getting their seed tokens is running to the exchange every day and offloading it for the few you know icx they would get for it so um it's 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 great that they've been very honest with the community and um let's see what uh, hopefully it, it helps them build out their platform and smooth things out on that perspective yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, it is the end of another month, which means we get another uh, icon development update from the foundation. Uh, you know, most notably, I'd say, is the uh, contribution proposal system is officially live. Uh, it's up and running. You know, if you want to go submit a pro uh, proposal for a project, you can do so right now. Um, it is uh, recommended that you put it forward on the forums first. Uh, this is a better way to kind of help flesh out any potential issues with your proposal. Um, really make you think it through and kind of try to get some initial support for it as well. So um, most folks seem to be doing that. There is one project that has already been uh, put forward it directly into the system. Um, so this is all kind of a, it's a new process for everyone. So we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, but certainly very exciting. It's a good way to inject a lot more capital into the uh, into the ecosystem. Uh, and so it's a really good way. You know, Scott Scott will allude to this during our interview, but he you know he mentions how uh, it's a great way to help. Uh, you know, help further build the community and strengthen the community as well, which is a, a an aspect of I hadn't really thought through, but certainly a, a good way to look at it as well. Um, the other piece of news is that the test net uh, is being up, updated and upgraded uh, to be more reliable and uh, run a bit more consistently. For most iconists, this probably isn't huge news, uh, but I know a segment of the development community had been getting a little bit frustrated just on how often the test net would basically go down uh, for those of them who are trying to test out uh, projects they are building to make sure this, the smart contracts are operating correctly and the code's operating as it should. Uh, they utilize the test net, which basically simulates the main icon network. But you know, if the test net's going down every once in a while, uh, it kind of makes it harder to do that. So the foundation, to their credit, recognized this as something they wanted to address. So they are in the process of uh, upgrading us to make it much more reliable uh, with a lot more uptime, so that's certainly important. Finally, we have the, uh, I guess, formal rec recognition that the Rosetta spe specifications have been deployed to GitHub. Uh, you know, Rosetta is something that a lot of the community are excited about, primarily because it is kind of the uh, main technical requirement for getting listed on Coinbase. So uh, it appears to be either 
close to done or done and ready to go. Uh, and so obviously a good sign. It doesn't certainly guarantee a Coinbase listing by any means, but it is uh, basically a prerequisite in a box that you have to check in order to get that done. So hopefully uh, we get some better news on Coinbase uh, down the road. Uh, but for now, it's certainly exciting to see that get resolved and get, get completed. It, look, it was a, it was a update that had quite a lot there, and uh, I just wanted to share one thought I had on the CPS component as well. Yes, it is live actually. You know that that should have gotten its own new segment. We it is live on mainnet with the funds in there, and um, you know we can have proposals going in and start whatever the proposals may be get get verified and built out. But um, I want to highlight your comment about posting in the forum. I believe this it is really important because um, you know it gives not just PREF, every icon us a chance to kind of go in there and go, oh, this is some of the ideas because um, essentially it is inflation that is contributing to this fund. So it's in everyone's best interest to ensure that these funds are helping build out the network and and a couple of things that can happen by floating these proposals in the forums first is there could be some teams that have similar ideas and and you know these forums could enable a bit of um, cross chat and going oh actually what if we combine this is just a hypothetical but combine ideas here we were going to go down this route the, the, these are fairly similar but we could have a bigger impact for the icon ecosystem if we move forward in this direction um, these are the opportunities the forum presents by actually fleshing out the ideas before it goes into the CPS proposal system and you have to, you know, um, lock in, burn 50 ICX to submit it and then get voted on. So um, everyone keep that in mind. And if you're just someone who cares about Icon and Icon enthusiast and you just want to see what's coming, get in those forums and check out. There's now six, seven, every day there's new proposals getting put, put in there. And um, uh, one, one thing I've noticed, for example, I noticed um, a team went in and revised their proposal based on, I think, I, I believe they would have absor observed some of the new proposals that have come through, and they've revised how they've presented their proposal with a lot more detail. So um, you can draw a lot, especially if you're thinking of an idea to put forward in CPS, jump in there, take a look how it's being done. Um, I know I'm learning a lot from it. Um, it's been great. Absolutely. And yeah, it's something... Something I'm certainly excited to see. I've been talking about for a while, um, and so I, you know, I check the forums pretty regularly to see what what new projects are popping up and uh, what what interesting stuff people might be wanting to work on. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things that um, may have uh, just quick fire items news. So uh, we had Brian Lee um, have a, a live stream with Tempo where they do, you know, overview of the project they're working on. Now, I will I will confess, I haven't watched it yet. It is on the list. Um, we're keen to anyway get Brian and co on the show to talk through uh, everything to do with that project. But but that did come out this week. If you were wanting to get a bit more information, um, uh, they're jump on and listen to that. We'll include the link in the show notes. Um, I just had this moment, I just remembered, also one of the other initiatives uh, as part of Katina, Corey's been working on, he's trying to build out a, port, uh, a PREP portfolio piece on, on that side. Um, I was thinking about this the other day and I thought it, it's quite good. There's a lot of uh, PREPs, there's a lot of information out there. It's great, he's trying to compile it. I believe he's actually creating certain videos uh, and sharing his thoughts on what they've been working on, what they've been doing for the icon ecosystem. So um, it will be good to see how that turns out and um, where it ends up. Um, any, any other bits and pieces, Iconographer, that you could think of that we haven't covered? 
Uh, I'm sure there's plenty out there that we haven't covered, but, uh, you know, in the interest of time uh, and we, you know, we spent a good amount of time with Scott on the interview mm-hmm. that we'll get to in a second here. Um, and so, you know, if you've gotten this far, we certainly encourage you to get through the end because uh, he has a lot of, uh, you know, we we wanted to flush out of him as much new information as possible. You know, he's been on a number of different, you know, YouTube, uh, YouTube podcasts and interviews. Uh, he's also just super involved with the community and, and provides a lot of uh, direct input publicly. So he's always out there providing information, but we were trying to frame the interview in a way that uh, tries to get as much out of him as possible. So uh, even if you've been following the project super closely, we think there's something that you can you can learn from this interview. And, uh, you know, I, as always, you know, it seems like another week's gone by where the idea of ever selling icon gets harder and harder to <laughs> determine just because it seems like it's, you know, as Scott talks through some of the stuff that he's going to talk through, uh, it just seems that's going to be much more valuable to hold rather than to sell. And that's almost, you know, irregardless of what the actual price ends up being. Uh, look, I make the same mistake. I have, I, I follow a rule. Okay, I'm going to have a trading stash of ICX and it just turns into my holding stash every time, every time. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I agree. Uh, look, let, let's let's jump in. I think um, you've covered it brilliantly. It is a great interview and it's not just about balance. We, we, we touch on quite a few things on the broader Icon ecosystem and, and I believe a few things that a lot of the community want to hear about or keen to get a little bit of extra detail and I feel uh, Scott touched on that extra detail to keep us content. So um, really uh, hope you enjoy this interview and let's jump in. Okay, today we have a guest on our show, Icon Grapher. Do you want to tell us who we have on the show today? Today we have on Scott Smiley. Uh, I think everyone who has been in the uh, Icon community for a while now has probably certainly seen his name, uh, if not heard from him uh, on a number of different projects and initiatives he's been involved with. Uh, He's been with Icon one way or another for almost three years now. Uh, Most notably, he is uh, one of the co-leaders of ICX Station, which is sort of the uh, official unofficial incubator for the Icon project. Provides a lot of uh, strategic resources and financial resources to emerging uh, projects on the Icon, as well as uh, he is one of the uh, main contributors to the Balance Project, which I think anyone, uh, everyone in the Icon community is, is well aware of, especially based on the airdrip campaign that they've recently really come out with. And so we're really excited to have him on today. I am beyond excited as well to have him on. Welcome to the show, Scott. How are you going? Thanks for having me on, guys. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. Great, great. So, Scott, um, today, you know, we we have a ton of questions, and I put it out to Twitter. People came back to me. I've added some of those questions to to the list. So, let, let's dive in. Everyone's excited about balanced. Everyone's excited about many other things as well. So, hopefully, we'll sneak in a few cheeky questions and get some answers as well. One of the questions, first off, we like to ask everyone, and um, I'll probably give you a one minute warning on this one because probably everyone who's familiar with you. Have heard a bit of your background, but but for anyone listening new to the show, um, tell us how you got into crypto. Yeah, absolutely, will do. Um, so, I guess in early 2017 is when I first started paying attention to blockchain and cryptocurrency. My roommate at the time, who actually now works at the block, um, came home. He had downloaded Coinbase, and uh, he told me, "I got to download this app. I got to take a look at these charts." I never heard of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. I didn't know what blockchain was. I didn't know anything about it. And uh, took one look at the price charts and I was like, it's time to time to start learning more. Um, I was at Deutsche Bank at the time and 
I guess prior to Icon, I, I had two years of uh, investment banking experience at Deutsche Bank. And yeah, so I started spending my nights and weekends uh, reading white papers, talking to people in online communities, doing as much self-education as I could in what little free time I had. And then I met uh, Min Kim, as many of our listeners know, one of the founders of the Icon Project. I met him at a conference, um, just kept him, kept the relationship warm for a couple months. And then when he started the uh, kind of U.S. presence out in San Francisco, uh, I was one of the first hires over there. Um, and the kind of, I guess kind of the rest is history. That was in April 2018. Uh-huh. Excellent. Okay. No, I did not know. I actually hadn't heard um, that, that part of it. That's good to know. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of jump right into, into the, uh, what I guess is the probably the hottest topic, at least at the moment, as far as Icon's concerned. Uh, and that's uh, DeFi. You know, there's a number of projects that are under development. Um, so what... You know, what was the catalyst? What were the discussions for really beginning kind of that effort to, to ramp up the uh, DeFi protocols, applications, all the building? Um, and why do you think, you know, why do you think DeFi is something that Icon uh, needs to build out and, and why DeFi needs to be an important part of the ecosystem? Yeah, I guess uh, this is going to date back maybe a little earlier than you guys would have expected. Uh, me and Daiki spent, uh, went to DevCon in Osaka, the big uh, Ethereum conference. Um, and you know, essentially doing some market research, seeing what the latest trends were, um, doing a little bit of networking, of course, as well. Um, but really what a major takeaway from that event was that, that DeFi was getting pumped hard um, at this conference. Uh, there was a huge push of, like, many different applications of it, um, you know, how it can be used, not only, um, you know, in the way that it is now with, like, Uniswap and yield farming and all that kind of stuff. Like, that wasn't even really being talked about. It was even before all of that had happened. It was really more just... MakerDAO and how DAI was getting used um, in emerging countries and how uh, decentralized finance could actually help uh, people in more developing parts of the world. Um, but I mean, the takeaway was the same, was that DeFi is a major trend and kind of a light bulb went off for me personally at the time, um, thinking about, you know, what something like MakerDAO really means for a public blockchain ecosystem. Um, and, and coming my background from, from Deutsche Bank, you know, really what it, enabled, it enables is, is leverage and, and debt. And, and that's a key part of DeFi right now is looking at, you know, creating kind of the building blocks of, of debt markets. Um, and, you know, debt is really what fuels any economy. Um, and, I, you know, my, my viewpoint of public blockchains is not going to be just one blockchain that rules them all. I really do think of each individual blockchain as somewhat of a, a digital nation with its own online community. Uh, token holders, governance, economics, you know, pretty much all the main pieces of, of a nation. And, and I think, you know, having something like balanced, having a DeFi infrastructure is kind of a mandatory minimum for a successful public blockchain uh, with a cryptocurrency for the long term. That's kind of how this all came about, I guess. Uh, yeah, I hope that answered your question there. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So, relative to other protocols, how advanced would you rank Icon in terms of DeFi development? I think, like, obviously, uh, behind Ethereum, um, as, as they're, they're leading the charge with a lot of existing Solidity-based code. Um, but, you know, relatively speaking, like, compared to other... I mean, a lot of other layer ones don't necessarily even have smart contract capabilities right now. I think, um, you know, Icon's priority was getting that up uh, sooner rather than later. So we do have, um, you know, a fair amount of development. Um, I wouldn't say that anyone is like so far ahead. Uh, you know, when you look at 
the DAU of, of even the most successful applications. Um, so I'd say, you know, Icon is, is right where we need to be. Yeah, I've, I've kind of seen, you know, obviously Ethereum has, is kind of where it's at right now, but I've seen um, other projects that I tend to follow, which isn't representative of the entire market, but certainly, you know, they've started to pop up a little bit and kind of early conversations and at least kind of, oh, you know, DeFi is coming to this at some point in time. But um, it seems like in terms of actual product launching and, and really getting getting going, um, Icon certainly seems to be on the, on the right side of the curve as far as uh, forward momentum and everything like that. And, you know, we have balanced uh which everyone i think is pretty familiar with we have omm launching soon um we have uh, op uh optimus which is another one that's uh in the works um we have uh utrade which is via the unify protocol which is kind of a, a which is basically an amm automated market market automated market maker similar to uniswap so you know there's there's plenty of irons in the fire right now and actually you know scott and i uh, and a couple other icon community members have been working on another project uh, that we're very excited about, and we're actually going to announce it uh, next week. So you'll want you'll want to be on the uh, paying attention to social channels for that, uh, and it'll just be another uh, another item on the list that people can get, can get excited about. I thought we just were about to get an Iron Icon exclusive, exclusive on top of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 quite yet, but uh, you know we wanted to give at least at least a little bit of a heads up that something's in the pipeline. So I think another another reason to get excited on. You know, excited for Icon and excited for DeFi, um, and kind of you know pivoting off of DeFi a little bit. Scott, um, what's what's an underrated reason people should be bullish on Icon? You know, there's plenty of reasons for people to be excited, but maybe one that's a bit more under the radar, or, or one that has a lot more significance that people don't quite understand. Um, what what do you think the answer to that would be? Yeah, I mean, I kind of actually, it's a good question. You know, I, I kind of alluded to this uh, maybe a week or two ago on Twitter. You know, like I am excited for all the DeFi. Uh, products launching but you know really what's getting me excited is uh the progress we're making uh with btp not not just like um the technology itself which, which is interesting you know and unique in the sense that um you know a lot of the bridges that are being built right now are not trustless and you know maybe uh people haven't had an issue with that yet but as regulators take a closer eye on, on what's happening between these different bridges and, and also um you know maybe something can go wrong there i think btp um, becomes even more interesting as the solution as a fully trustless bridge. Um, but even outside of the tech technology side that I was just talking about, I mean, we haven't even really announced uh, the economics on it yet, which I'm personally really excited about, you know, not to get uh, to dig too much into the details here, but, you know, after thinking internally, you know, over and over iterating on different models, like, you know, I think we finally landed on something that really just directly benefits every ICX holder um, as there's more interchain transactions occurring. So we've really come up with a way that, uh, you know, the more successful BTP is, the more widely used it is, that it, it's adding direct value to ICX holders. And I think that's really what people are looking for in this market, um, you know, especially as it matures, you know, just having your name in an article is going to be not as important as having tangible utility for, for the token. And, and I do believe BTP is going to accomplish that. And, and, and not only that, not only the economics, I also just am really excited that this is like a, a great product that I can reach out to other protocols and have like a real conversation about collaboration about and say like, you know, we have this product, we have this interoperability solution and we think you guys would be a great fit. And it really leads to just a lot more collaboration and a lot more partnerships in the industry. So, you know, it gives us a great way to collaborate with other protocols and kind of grow our community. 
and it also adds direct value to ICX. So, I mean, it's kind of the, you can't really ask for much more than that at that point. You know, yeah, and BTP as a concept is kind of what, you know, I think that's what got everyone excited about ICON back from the early days when there was just a white paper of basically being, you know, a blockchain to kind of connect all blockchains. That was kind of the uh, 30,000 foot view of things. Um, yeah, I'm freelancing a little bit on the questions here, but I did I did kind of wonder, has, you know, has the has the evolution of that interchain um, design or, or vision, has it, to your to your knowledge and to your extent that you would know, has it changed ever since those early days? I know it, it was kind of an idea more then. Now, obviously, as you get more practical and you as you design it itself, things are going to be certainly different. But I guess has it you know has it evolved in any way that's been interesting to you? Whether that's as a result of the, the changing of blockchain um, industry as a whole, or certain t- parts of technology, or maybe the Icon platform itself, or any of the above. Yeah, I mean, I would say like uh, just a high level thing that definitely changed a lot was the initial target on just, you know, a private to public interoperability, essentially trying to be like a data transfer level or a data transfer layer between uh, private blockchains. Um, I think like that's still an interesting use case and, you know, BTP can still certainly be used for that. But with the rise of DeFi uh, came uh, another use case, which is, you know, public to public interoperability like being able to trade tokens between networks lend tokens between networks um, and things of that nature take advantage of arbitrage opportunities and that's really I'd say like the key thing that changed from the initial white paper was talking about you know bridging hospitals and and, and, and banks and, and things of that nature using BTP to more so uh, you know what I'm focused on at least is uh, you know public to public interoperability trying to have you know as many blockchains connected to icon as possible and hopefully leading the industry and integrations by the end of 2021 very cool so what what, yeah well i was gonna say we want to we want to pivot into balanced uh and so ask a couple questions on that but i guess before we do that do you just want to give a quick you know maybe for those who who aren't following the project for whatever reason if you just want to give a quick kind of overview what what balanced is and uh and what it does and how it works yeah absolutely um yeah balanced is a protocol uh for, uh, that allows people to deposit ICX and borrow against it. Like I was saying, it, it's that debt layer for ICON. Um, you mint a stablecoin, and uh, you know that stablecoin uh, is always backed by the ICX that's held, that's held and balanced. Um, so it really provides provides that uh, DeFi infrastructure um, that a lot of different product can build on it. Uh, so, some things I'm really excited about is the you know zero percent interest rates. Um, it's much different than much different setup than than any other, uh, than most other DeFi products in the industry. Um, really fast, uh, low transaction fees because we're on the ICON network. Um, and, and, the, and the clear pegging mechanism, I think, is really important. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out in the wild, where you know all of the tokens minted on balanced are always redeemable for their uh, equivalent value of ICX. So that really should help keep the peg consistent, uh, which has been an issue for other decentralized stable coins and pegged assets. Very cool. So, okay. So let, let's let's talk about this for a moment. Let, let's, um, uh, you know, some of the conversations uh, you just mentioned about BTP. I I, I have actually had to hold myself back. You know, my arm over my shirt, <laughs> not not to because I want to ask more questions. But we'll come back to that. Let's keep it um balanced focus. So, um, you know, obviously at the start of the month, I can't even remember. Just just a few weeks back, um, everyone hit the ground running with this wave of tweets and and coined the term airdrip. So, 
How how did Airdrip come about? Uh, very interested to hear this. <laughs> it's really uh, kind of my my own version of HODL, if you will. It really was just a typo. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I was, I was writing the blog post and uh, I, I you know missed the O and and, hit, and typed I instead, and it turned out uh, the Icon Community Airdrip. And I looked at it and I read it and I was like, oh, that actually sounds kind of cool. Let me get some feedback from everyone else and see what they think. And uh, got the okay, and that's pretty much the whole story right there. It's a, it's a typo as as I was cra- crafting uh crafting like this the, uh you know the blog post for for for, the, for this announcement. That's great. There you have it, everyone. It was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And so what? So. And and in terms of the you know, in terms of the uh, we have a label, but in terms of kind of what what motivated the actual concept itself and and you guys to to build that out and think it through um what sparked that and how did that kind of kind of come about yeah for me you know something i've always thought about is like you know is there a way uh you know on protocol to actually directly reward icx holders um with upside in, in every business that builds on the platform um really the answer is no i, I tried thinking of a lot of different things i mean the, the answer could still be out there but at least there's a way to manually do it and that's kind of where the airdrip came into play is like, you know, whether or not you're interested in DeFi, whether or not uh, you have an understanding of these things, understand the risks and want to get involved. If you're an ICX holder and have been uh, for a while, like I think you deserve a piece of these projects to at least get a taste of like, uh, you know, at least get some upside in the project. And then, you know, obviously there is some benefit for balanced and the fact that you have to come to the balanced website to, to claim it. Uh, to claim your token so hopefully convert some users that way but I mean I I wanted to make sure that you know it wasn't just the people who were taking risks and just the people who uh, you know really understood DeFi and had the time to educate themselves on it I wanted to make sure that every ICX holder that's been dedicated enough to at least stake and delegate and support the decentralization of the network um, is able to benefit from from Balanced Very cool so you know, obviously, you're you you've been working hard at, on balance for um, you know a good amount of time now, which is you know you ever I always get nervous when something launches too soon on on uh, blockchain, just because you you're always concerned about security and things like that. But I know you guys are working hard on your due diligence to make sure that that's uh, you know you're building as secure as a system as possible. So we're launching soon, um, but I imagine you know as soon as you launch, that's certainly not going to be the end of things. How do you um, you know do you have a vision yet as far as what additional kind of you know, I don't want to say features to add necessarily, but I guess features to add, and then you know how how you will further grow out the platform, make it more valuable to to the Icon Network and to you know balance holders in particular. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely uh, have like a laundry list of features that I want to add um, as you know you get closer to launch, you realize, all right, do we need this? Do we need that? Do we need this? You know, you really want to focus on getting out a product um, that's polished and and you know gets the <clears throat> core features across. Um, so I think like, you know, out of the gate, there's definitely going to be some uh, governance, um, you know, some work on the governance smart contract to further decentralize governance and make it um, easier for token holders to participate in governance. Um, and I, yeah, I'd say that's probably going to be like a major focus. And then there's also some enhancements I have in mind for the decks to make trading easier, like, uh, you know, routing trades through different pools. For example, like, uh, you know, maybe there's no specific trading pool for that uh, assets you want to trade, but instead of having to execute two trades yourself, should be able to just execute it all in one transaction. Um, you know, being able to add more pools to the decks, 
like uh, we have the smart contract support for that, but we need to add, um, you know, uh, support in the front end and back end for that. So yeah, there's there's <clears throat> there's definitely some items I, I'm excited to to add, kind of the bells and whistles of uh, user experience side of things, um, and then yeah, longer term I have you know thoughts about products that can be built on top of Balance because of the fact that you know it's a zero percent interest rate platform with an upfront origination fee opens the opportunity for, uh, you know, different types of products to, to be built on top of it. So just a cheeky question in here. Um, how, how soon, Scott, do you see the first, other than um, USD asset being minted via balance, the next asset jumping the gun here? Yeah, I mean, like, that could happen relatively quickly depending on community feedback and, like, if they really uh you know how much they want it i think like uh balanced dollars like is going to provide a lot of the need that we had in icon and and, um solve a lot of the problems we had in terms of like lacking of a stable coin and lacking of leverage opportunities Mm. um so i'm pretty excited to get that launched and make sure that it's following its its peg nicely so i think like uh you know making sure that all works properly is going to be a top priority once it's out in the wild um and then once we feel confident uh, you know, I guess I do feel confident, but once we have more data, uh, then I think I'd feel comfortable adding more assets based on community feedback. Great. Let's just say like maybe like a couple months or so. Yep. No, that's excellent. Okay, so uh, now a bit of uh, a question to check, uh, you know, how, how it's going amongst teams. So is your team um, working with Icon Fee to hopefully add assets that get minted via balance? So is BNUSD on the cards perhaps to get added into that um, application? Into which application? What um, was it? Icon, Icon, Icon Fi. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in touch with uh, the Icon Fi team. Um, I'm not sure. I'd say they, you know, they definitely want to support uh, as much as they can. Um, I think like uh, they already announced that they're going to support the airdrop. So just working with them on that uh, integration uh, so far. And then, um, you know, I'm sure we'll go from there. And, you know, we we always see the other big, big piece of exciting news this last week uh, was that the CPS, the contribution proposal system was, uh, you know, live and up and running. Um, so, you know, with that context and the, your background working with ICX Station, which is, uh, you know, essentially Icon's incubator for emerging projects, um, you know, now that CPS is available, how do you, you know, how do you see uh, further recruitment and development or, yeah, recruit, I guess, further recruitment uh, and, I guess, incubation of developers and new projects and things like that um, now that we have this additional kind of asset in the CPS? Yeah, I think, like, uh, it's just um, an interesting way to, uh, give the community more autonomy. Um, I guess I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, uh, you know, I, I view that I view this more as like something for our existing community and core community, and a, and a good way to like keep people engaged um, and, and paying attention to governance and and you know like feel like they have the ability to to work on anything. So I think really what the CPS does is it converts more community members who are maybe on the outskirts into more community into more like core community members and kind of just starts uh you know grant like you know as we get more people uh paying attention to icon it's easier to convert them to core community members because there's always something to be involved in um there's always the opportunity to just submit an application and get going um so that's kind of where i view 
the contribution proposal system is, is a way to really get the community more mobilized and, yeah. and strengthen strength the core. I sense there's a lot of, you know, especially, you know, P rep teams who might be, you know, well outside the, of the top 22, but still have a lot of capabilities. Um, and, you know, in, under the existing, under that existing system might not necessarily have had the resources to, to build some kind of cool things, but obviously now with the CPS, uh, they have a much more direct access to that, to that capital and aren't as reliant on the, uh, you know, the campaign side of things in order to, to get those done. So I think that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And I can totally see that being, um, I guess a really strong use case for it. Yeah, I just want to say, I, w- I want to say, like, I think the CPS is more than just like uh, access to funding. It's really just, it's the community empowerment is what I think is like the most important aspect of the CPS is giving, um, you know, a sense of purpose and a sense of uh, direction to the community. So, uh, Scott, just earlier you mentioned, um, and I wanted to quickly zero back in on that. Um, and I had this as a quick question to ask, but I thought it would be great to get some spend some time on it. Uh, you know, uh, initially in the first iteration, when we stake add as ICX as collateral, um, who will balance be staking to? So where will those assets get staked? Uh, initially, I think it's just going to be spread evenly across the top 100 teams, um, but eventually... Uh, after we implement more governance features, the uh, balance token holders will be able to dictate how the uh, collateral is delegated. Okay, it was it was a simple answer. Excellent. No, that's yeah, great. Yeah, pretty <laughs> straightforward. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, so. You know, one of the things I did was I went went to Twitter and asked uh, if anyone had some questions, and a few great questions came about. Um, so uh, earlier you touched on BTP, so I will I will ask this question, and I'm hoping, if possible, Scott, you could give us a real example of how the BTP process would work. Um, so uh, the the question here was, what do you think makes BTP better than interoperability of dot or and Cosmos. Yeah, so I don't really like, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to sit here and like attack other networks and, and, and how they're, uh, how, you know, how they, they've developed their solutions. Um, I can talk about like why I'm excited about ICON um, and, and why I'm excited about BTP. And I do think, you know, I touched on that earlier, but the trustless nature of it um, and the fact that there's no, uh, like, yeah, I mean, in a lot of, interoperability solutions out there there's a central point of failure is like the, the relayers themselves uh, maybe it's only like two or three relayers and they can essentially control the minting and burning of assets of assets um, you know they could take the collateral backing they have like way too much control um, on, on BTP relayers are, are just that all they're doing is relaying messages they actually don't have any control over the smart contracts themselves they're not going to be able to unlock tokens and steal them. They're not going to be able to mint tokens without, um, you know, evidence that they need to do so. So really the security, I guess in one word, um, security of BTP compared to, uh, to other um, interoperability solutions is what I find very exciting. Um, and on top of that, like, I- I'm not sure, uh, you know, I can't really speak to it. I can't really speak to how IBC directly benefits Adams holders and accrues value to Adams. I can't speak to how DOT's interoperability solution actually accrues value to DOT tokens. Um, But I do know that for BTP, one of the biggest focuses is not like, let's just 
it, it, it's let's make sure there's direct tangible value to ICX holders um, when, uh, based on the utilization of this product. Not just like getting icon awareness and getting more people to buy it because they like it, but tangible value uh, accrued to ICX holders. That's That's been a major focus. So I think that's really important um, compared to other interoperability solutions. And I think, you know, kind of touching upon the, the way the question was kind of asked too is, you know, I've seen, it seems to me that it, it, a lot of crypto communities can be very competitive and there's there's a lot of views that kind of think there's, you know, in each little segment of the market, there's only going to be one emergent blockchain of a certain type. And then, you know, in our case, obviously interoperability is kind of the main, you know, icons uh, main push. And so if you're, if you believe that only one blockchain can ultimately be interoperable, then I, yeah, you should be concerned about maybe, Oh, are we better than these two or, and how are we better? But I think the other way to look at it is, you know, each, each of these, different ways of doing things is going to ser serve different people, you know, in different ways. You know, it's the same way, you know, some people like PlayStation, some people like Xbox, they have different reasons for doing it. it it'll probably come down to, you know, what are you trying to build? What are you trying to design? And which platform is going to best serve those goals and those and those uses? So there's totally a world where Icon is a totally successful um, technology with its BTP. You know, Polkadot is able to do a lot of cool things uh, and all the other interoperability ones um, are able to succeed across, you know, across the whole world. There's just plenty of room out there. So, you know, I, I, I hope people focus less on competition and more about, you know, just making sure Icon itself gets to a point where it's got enough uh, activity going on and transactions and functionality uh, to, to accrue value, as Scott was kind of alluding to. So um, that's just a bit of my, I, I, a little side rant for everyone there. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. So um, just just on that, then Scott, could you? Is it possible to give us a very um, simple example of BTP working for everyone out there? Yeah, I mean, like just a yeah, real simple example would be, um, you know, let's say we wanted to add uh, dot tokens to to OMM dot finance. Um, you know, someone on uh, you know a polka dot parachain would send their dot tokens to a smart contract on this parachain. It would get locked up there. There'd be a proof that it was locked up. That proof would be relayed from, uh, you know, through BTP from this Polkadot parachain over to the ICON network. Uh, set of smart, the BTP contracts on ICON would verify the proof, um, you know, recreate the proof themselves and be like, okay, this message from the relayer looks good. And then they would create the DOT tokens and uh, they're like IRC31 DOT tokens is the standard. So they would be uh, dot tokens that are on ICON backed by dot tokens that are locked on a contract um, on the origination chain, you know, on the parachain. Um, and then they would get sent to Ohm and you would have the ability to borrow and lend dot tokens on ICON, for example. Um, and what really gets me excited about this and the way I see the future of blockchains is like, you know, Akala is a parachain on, uh, yeah, it's a Polkadot parachain uh, really focused on DeFi. Uh, I could see DOT tokens having a certain interest rate on Akala versus their interest rate on ICON um, and being able to take advantage of those interest rate arbitrage opportunities. It's like why I think uh, BTP interoperability um, is so essential um, to really open up these markets, not just globally, but, you know, from network to network, not just geographically, but network to network. Yeah, that that is that is fantastic. Thank you, and that is exactly what I was after. So, and and an earlier comment you made. So, essentially, BTP would uh, enable uh, when you mentioned security-wise. So, the, 
it could be programmed in a way that that there are no admin keys, there are no backdoors. So essentially, what is verified via the smart contract and transferred, there's no other way around it, right? Because that, that's a big point of contention currently going on in like um, Ren and a few other solutions that um, cross-chain BTC, etc. Um, there's a lot of focus on who essentially holds the funds, how they're being held, is there backdoors to those funds? Um, that's entirely it. Yeah, I mean, that's totally it right there. Like, that's the key differentiating factor, security, decentralization. I mean, like, uh, there's no way, um, like, no one has access to the keys. The only way to move anything with, with BTP is for, um, you know, is for a real message to be sent to it. it. It's as secure as the two blockchains that are connected. Right. If you get what I'm saying there. Because, yes. like, that's where the smart contracts live, right? And and is it is it down to an individual um, basis? So while uh, so taking Orbit Bridge for example, and I know it's a very different solution, but um, you know an individual can transfer an asset uh, as long as using the bridge. In the case of BTP, would it, it, it would it be down to the individual layer, or is it more um, a bit higher in terms of a bulk transfer, etc.? Well, I'm not exactly clear on the question, but like if you were trying to use like Orbit Bridge versus BTP, that would be down to the user. But I think it would be abstracted away from the person who's actually sending the tokens and be more about the user interface. For example, like, you know, my Icon wallet is going to be expanding to support, uh, you know, going to be expanding to support BTP when that goes live. And, you know, my, that that means my Icon wallet needs to start supporting, you know, uh, the blockchains that are connected through BTP uh, and that yep. turns into the user interface, right? Yeah. Um, and my icon wallet, they could have maybe integrated Orbit Bridge, they could have maybe integrated Ren, but you know, because obviously of the relationship here, they're going to be integrating BTP. Hmm. And that's kind of, uh, you know, how like an end user would end up touching BTP is they'd have, they'd open up my icon wallet, they see they got their DOT tokens, they see they got their, uh, their ICX, and then they want to send DOT to an icon smart contract, and all of that would be handled through. Uh, my icon wallet interface, for example. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so another question from Twitter. This came from uh, Elo, the user. That's that's their uh, username. Uh, do you believe the Oracle solution in place for Balanced and uh, OMM will stand up against DeFi hacks? And I guess hacks also, you know, there's they're usually not hacks, but they're uh, more attacks and manipulations of of the protocol itself but if you want to kind of go into that yeah i mean i i do have confidence uh band is our oracle provider um uh, been working with them for a while i'm really confident in their team and their technology and uh you know i think there's you know as balanced continues to grow and we spend more time in development there's even more security measures that we plan on adding after launch um you know to get uh to, to make sure the oracle feed is as secure and un not easily manipulated as possible Excellent. Okay, so and also full credit to the first question was um, Crypto Patio who sent that. Um, so thank you for those <laughs> questions. Uh, yeah, so, good questions. <laughs> so um, I think um, what I wanted to do as well is throw. Originally, I envisioned this list being very massive, and I could throw wave after wave of question at you, but um, only only managed to note down a few questions. So I thought I'd just throw some quick questions at you, and you can give um, you know quick answers, and we'll move on. First question: Is there a retro drop planned as part of the airdrop? 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to comment on anything <laughs> okay. like that, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was my cheeky one. Um, so, <laughs> w- will the balanced exchange add other assets or just stick to the ones that are minted on the platform? Yes, we'll add other assets. Um, I was just talking to our developers about it. It's pretty easy to... Uh, anybody will be able to add whatever assets they want to the balanced decks. Um, you know, you probably need some development experience to do that, and then eventually we'll have something in the user interface that allows people to, um, you know, search for tokens that are listed on, on balance. Like, we're not going to automatically support everything natively in our front end. It's going to operate very similarly to Uniswap is the end goal, right? Uniswap, it has, like, some a long list of pre-selected, pre-vetted assets. And then if there's some brand new smart contract that someone, you know, you, know, you want to buy up the whole lot of it, and, uh, you know, then you'll have to manually paste in that, that contract address. EMV coming to Icon 2.0? Oh, EVM? Yes, EVM. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we have we have plans for that. Um, and current... e- e- EVM, EVM is uh, Ethereum Virtual Machine, for those who aren't yeah, sure right. what the and, uh, acronym was. And for those that don't even really know what that means, the Ethereum Virtual Machine allows you to execute, <laughs> allows you to run Solidity code, which is uh, the code of all Ethereum smart contracts. So it's really beneficial to be able to leverage existing code as opposed to having to build every single product from scratch and that's why evm compatibility is important even though it may or may not be like uh an actually uh you know better technology in any way than something like the java virtual machine um and as for our plans for evm compatibility we're currently exploring um using either the cosmos sdk or substrate sdk to uh launch like uh some kind of uh, like an EVM compatible sidechain to ICON um, and the details of how that's going to function uh, economically um, are still, uh, you know, can't share any information on that just now. But I will say that our plan to achieve EVM compatibility is, uh, is, is to use a sidechain architecture. You know what? The, the, the quick fire questions really did give us an exclusive. Did not know that, had not heard that. That is brilliant. Okay, that, that's that's a nice juicy bit of information. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, no problem, yeah. Okay, that, that, uh, some of my other quick fire questions, I snuck into my earlier questions, so I'm not going to repeat them. So that's all I had. Um, Icon Grapher, any anything else yeah. you want to add? There was kind of another one. Um... You know, I think just look, looking for a little bit of clarity uh, for the community. But you know, obviously, you know, people have a choice. They can, you know, once balance launches, you know, they can they can continue staking their ICX as they normally do, and obviously receive uh, the airdrop for that. Or they can obviously utilize the balance protocol itself. Um, so I guess the question is, if they have their ICX locked as collateral and balanced, will they still qualify for the airdrop, or are they only getting the tokens they get? You know, they'll still get balanced tokens, obviously, by using the platform, but will they get the airdrop on top of that, or will that, um, is it kind of one or the other? Uh, yeah, right Right now it's one or the other, um, and I imagine it'll stay that way, because there's really no benefit to dripping balanced tokens to people who are already using the platform. Um, it's just kind of, you know, you can think of it as like kind of a, a waste of money in a way, um, a waste of network resources. If you're trying to think of like how to reward your users, like, what well, you know, and how to get new users... Um, rewarding your current users with the additional stu- uh, balance drip, like it's just not necessary. Like there's going to be the, the vast majority of balance tokens are already given to users. Um, so really the benefit of the airdrip is supposed to be for those that are not using balanced. That's like the main purpose of it. 
yeah, I think I think there's a lot be a lot of people who are you know might be debating. Oh, you know, if I get balance tokens anyway, why shouldn't I? Why should I just you know keep mm -hmm. them on my wallet as as such? But I think the amount of balance tokens you're going to earn actually utilizing the pro, pro the protocol versus the airdrip is going to be pretty significant to where you're going to be. You know, you're, if you want balance tokens, it's going to make a lot more sense to actually utilize the protocol and and take out collateral at least from my perspective. No, 100%. And then also being a, li a liquidity provider on the DEX. I mean, I do expect a lot of people to start, you know, uh, saying things like that. Like, <clears throat> oh, like, why use balance if I can do this? And then, like, uh, you know, as balance starts and people are earning a ton of balance tokens and making much uh, better returns using balance, I think those people will start to realize why uh, it makes more sense. Um, and that narrative will probably slowly die. And then to kind of you reminded me of a question as far as the dex is concerned and i think it's kind of a you know everyone looks at the collateral part of uh, balanced and often kind of forgets about the dex part of it do you would just kind of want to explain you know how the dex will work a little bit is it more of like a traditional order book or is it more of an automated market maker and uh kind of what the process would look like for people who want to mine balanced via the dex yeah balanced is an automated market maker very similar to uniswap uh to use it as a liquidity provider uh you would deposit into a specific liquidity pool for example, like uh, yeah, let's say you wanted to deposit into the balance dollar versus balance token pool, um, you'd have to deposit, you know, a hundred dollars worth of balanced and uh, balanced tokens and a hundred dollars worth of balanced USD, um, and then your tokens would be used to make markets, um, and and you get and and then you not only earn extra balance tokens for being a liquidity provider, but you also earn uh, transaction fees of people who trade against you. And I, and I imagine, you know, down the line, it won't just, you know, just because a token is minted isn't the only one, minted on balance aren't the only ones that are going to be traded on the DEX. I imagine, say, you know, if, if the community decides to add a pair for, say, ICX slash, uh, a pair against against TAP with ICX, um, I assume that could get added as a pool as well, too, right? That could get added. It's not going to be incentivized, though. The incentivized pools are decided by balanced governance, but anybody without a vote or anything can just add... Uh, their own pool to, to the oh, balance cool. decks. Okay, but they would still get trading fees. They wouldn't get the balance tokens, but they would get the trading fees from that. Presumably. Right, right, yep. Right. So, so it's like cool. um, when Uniswap and One Inch did their mining program, they selected a few pairs. Essentially, the decks um, will be loyal to whatever the governance tokens vote in to to have balance distributed to. That's correct. Yep. Great. Well, I think we're yeah, I think we're out of questions, uh, Scott. If you have kind of if you just want to have you know sum things up or you know just big picture how you view Icon or however you want to close out. Yeah, I mean overall, I would just say like um, you know I'm really excited for uh, even the first half of this year, just the coming couple of months as all as all these products start launching, so much more transaction volume on our network, uh, just so much more economic activity in general. Uh, you know, I'm just really excited to be part of this project um, and, you know, looking forward to launching all these products just one after another between Balanced, Ohm, uh, and Bridge. Um, all of them, I think, are going to be really important to our ecosystem and just, you know, really huge step up in 2021 of what you'll be able to do with your ICX as an ICX holder. And that's what's most important. So, Scott, and, and this is, I know we're in that, very close to launch and I'm not going to ask about a date but how those audits they're going well aren't they are they they are yeah Excellent. audits are going well um, yep just finishing up I think uh, they were supposed to be done at end of February I think uh, we should get a report um, either end of today or tomorrow so things are in good shape
Ah, D-Day. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show and very last minute as well. But um, yeah, you've given us so much information. I think um, everyone everyone's going to want to tune into this and, and get the inside scoop. So uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, and happy to come back on uh, anytime. Just let me know. Oh, uh, we will. We will. Never fear. <laughs> maybe maybe the next announcement that's got planned, uh, we'll have an inside breakdown um, of the unannounced project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds good. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. All right. Yep. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Take it easy, guys. Take care. And there we go. So that was our interview with Scott. What are your thoughts? How did you feel? What did you take away, Iconographer? Yeah, as I, you know, as I alluded to, kind of in the, uh, the opening part of the podcast, uh, you know, I've, I'm someone who follows Icon a pretty good amount, uh, as you know, kind of that's just what I do. And uh, even in this, there was still a, a bunch of new information uh, that I certainly hadn't been aware of or certainly hadn't thought through. You know, I think one of the the main taking, you know, the, the main point to take away uh, really revolves around BTP. It's a it's been something that the community is kind of generically familiar with. I think everyone knows what BTP means, uh, but I don't know if they quite know, you know, exactly how it works and, and really what the uh, implications are for Icon as a whole. Um, you know, I think getting a, getting a practical example of what it does and how it works kind of really opened my eyes uh, into better understanding the actual process behind it. Uh, you know, I think to um, you know, hearing that there is a they're designing tokenomics around the idea of adding additional benefit with every transaction for our ICX holders, I think is really exciting. You know, you, you assume that if there's a transaction, there's gonna be a transaction fee and that burns ICX, which is obviously good from a even inflation standpoint, but it sounds like beyond that, there's there's gonna be a bit more work gone into actually adding a bit a more value in some way, shape or form. So it, it sounds like they put a lot of thought into it uh, and I'm really excited to see what exactly that looks like uh, and how that plays out. And, and certainly I think uh, everyone who's listening to this podcast will get excited about that as well. Yes, look, I agree. I think um, we touched on quite a lot in the interview. It was it was um, great eye opener for me as well. Particularly, um, I guess I want to give you a bit of a hard time on holding out uh, on a project, you know, that that is in the works that we're we're not ready to announce yet. Ah, I wish I knew this earlier. But um, that was a nice little surprise of of the interview as well. So looking forward to next week. What's going to come off it? Yeah, I certainly would have liked to have uh, talked about it now, but it's not not quite ready yet. But by this time uh, next week, we'll certainly be talking about it, and I'm certainly excited about it. And I think uh, a lot of folks in the community will be excited about it, and it'll add a lot of uh, value to to Icon as well. Um, so certainly stay tuned, stay tuned for that. And yeah, of course, you know, beyond BTP, just hearing a bit more about balanced, how we kind of views it over the long term uh that's something to really get excited about and that's just you know that's just one platform it mm. sounds like it's going to create a whole lot a whole lot of different activity you know ha having a new dex slash uh, amm on the on the protocol will be really helpful uh just another way to e more easily trade assets across one another things like that so um you know just yeah. a, just a very exciting interview to walk away from Exactly, and you know, one one point that I, I just feel I want to add, you know, he mentions how how the idea of balance came about, and you know, um, he references Maker, and and it's very early on the ETH days, Ethereum days. Maker was it, you know, Maker created that aspect of minting a stablecoin, and at that time there was no AMMs or anything. In fact, the interactions with DEXs or any um, you know decentralized exchanges was quite. Um, 
uh, hideous in, in all honesty. It was cumbersome, it was really hard to interact with. Uh, so uh, with Icon, uh, and what he sh alluded to is once this was built, it created a world of opportunity. So we've got balance coming and that world of opportunity, we've already got AMMs and lots of things just already either released or about to get released and balance is just going to enable as I keep saying this entire world of possibilities and you, you can really tell that from the interview Scott uh, believes it in fact the Icon Foundation they, it really resonates with them that's what they believe so it, w it was I enjoyed every aspect of it um, it's uh, and I'm hoping if you got into this part of the podcast you've enjoyed the the interview and as usual I just want to call out you know they, these everything we discuss on our podcast is our views, our thoughts. It is not financial advice. Um, so please keep that in mind. And and remember, crypto is is the wild west. So um, be careful. Uh, it is great to explore it and learn all about it, so that you feel comfortable and confident in what you're doing. So yeah, that that's all I have. Iconographer, any any closing out words? No, I think we uh, I think we squeezed as much into that podcast as we possibly could. So um, <clears throat> excited for what the week has to bring and, you know, excited for uh, what the subsequent weeks have to bring as well. Great. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, please hit that subscribe, like, share this around. Really do whatever you can to get this podcast out and so that everyone can learn about the Balance Protocol that's about to launch. Thanks for listening. <laughs>